Good evening. Welcome to Prognosis Podcast. <laughs> These are your hosts. Yeah, I was saying, this is your hosts, Aaron, Matt, the and The Austin Chris. Wells version. Exactly. I don't know why they're making me do the intro. I'm not the one who talks a lot. It's because this. it's because Matt was <laughs> opening us a beer kindly, and you Indeed. would not fill in for him. It's really I, sad. No, I totally filled in for him, and it was fucking epic. So I don't. It was epic. Bullshit. I just think you should be our new. Uh, uh, Intro person. Welcome guy. to Masterpiece Theater. Right. Now we have a fucking copyright issue to do. <laughs> but, uh, fuck you, Masterpiece Theater. So, Aaron, as the new host, where are we uh, recording from? <laughs> we are recording from um, Paracynthian Dungeon on the north side of Chicago. City of the Big Shoulders. Home to Ditka's Restaurant and uh, Michael Jordan's. And, you know, if there was a famous person in sports that did something, they'd probably have a restaurant here or a statue. And, uh... We're drinking some fantastically epic beer that Matt brought back from California on his recent trip and a harrowing plane ride. Um, from the brewery, we have two different versions that were brewed at two locations of the Floyd de Rue and the Rue de Floyd, which is a collaboration with Three Floyds. Uh, both of them have absolutely fantastic merits. Uh, and then a, a boat session ale from, I'm not even sure who the company is that makes boats. That's Carton Brewing. Carton Brewing Company. That They're beer New is Jersey. Fucking fantastic. It is also probably my favorite name of a beer. Boat. I like that the name of the beer is just Boat. Yes. <laughs> uh, Matt will be regaling you with some of the stories he had at the uh, the Sucreversary at, uh, at Brewery. We will be regaling you with some of the stories that we had at the Sucre or the uh, Brewery Anno Vertical Tasting that we did of every Brewery Anniversary beer. And then we're just to remind also, you, this is a podcast about uh, prog metal. Yeah, we're uh, actually going to talk about a prog metal song too. We also so we talk have a, a lot, lot of fucking beer. shit to cover. Yeah, I uh, like beer, and yeah. I also like prog metal. That makes me unique among this band. Well, Chris started. I like beer, prog and I dislike prog metal. So. It's all good, but uh, so we're going to have Matt read some lyrics in a second, uh, unless he'd like to tell you about one of the fantastic beers that he. Yeah, why don't you give a brief synopsis of Sucreversary? And uh, and all the joys of traveling across this beautiful country of America. Yeah, this was my this was my first trip to Sucreversary, which is the anniversary party put on annually by a brewery in uh, Southern California. It was hosted at the Phoenix Club, which is a uh, enormous outdoor German beer garden. Uh, just a fantastic venue, fantastic festival. As I was telling these guys before the podcast. Uh, probably the best beer festival I've been to, and I've been to a, a, a few of them. Um, just really good atmosphere, really laid back. Um, lots of really delicious brewery beers. <laughs> this beer we just untapped is starting to uh, pop some wood here. Uh, foaming up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> some really great, you a little bit. really great brewery sours. Uh Barrel-aged stouts, uh, some good uh, guest taps as well. Uh, just a really fantastic event. Uh, couldn't have been happier with it, and I very much look forward to going again next year. Um, tried a couple of the Sucre, which is their anniversary beer variants, uh, both very good. Yeah, every I, year, brewery will change the name of their anniversary beer, so it was Papier, and then Coton, and then Queer. Queer. Which is spelled C-U-I-R, um, although we would totally drink it if it was spelled queer. <laughs> yeah, cause, because who fucking cares? And the, it's beer. And then uh, then there was Fruit. Fruit or Fruit, 
and then there was Bois or Bois. Right, Bois. And then uh, this year is Sucre. Sucre. So yeah, those are the 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 uh, each year they make a new anniversary beer. Oh, one thing I, I didn't mention the uh, the owner of the brewery was actually there, and he was walking around, uh, you know, just greeting people in line. He was carrying a pitcher with him and pouring out samples of people. Um, and one of the guys that was behind in line said that he asked him what beer it was, and he said it was uh, Dark Lord. This year's Dark Lord. And well, one of the things that was unusual about the festival is that. When we checked in, they checked our IDs, and they were shocked that somebody from Illinois was at the at the festival. Apparently, like ninety nine percent of the people that were there were all local to Southern California, which was odd. You would think there would be more people coming from out of town, um, but everybody at the festival was talking about how they had never had Dark Lord before <laughs> in any year, and the fact that the owner was pouring some out was like this huge deal. It's worth pointing out to this podcast uh, the the seven people. That uh, we are assholes from near the border of Indiana and have gone to Dark Lord Day several years in a row and have had every variant back to 06, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that it's commonplace, it's just that we've had it, so we're not like, when somebody opens a Dark Lord, we'll pass on a pour to make sure somebody else gets a pour. Or sometime. we'll be happy to bring another one and open it for you. <laughs> exactly. So it's, and, so it's, and it's not that special of a beer. I mean, I, I like it, but Three Floyds makes significantly better beer than that. Yeah. Sorry, so. Nick. But the only thing that was going through my mind is that this, this guy was telling me the story was I need to bring some of my Dark Lord out there and trade it for significantly higher values than uh, I think I can get elsewhere. That's a no-brainer, yeah. That absolutely. is totally a no-brainer. Uh, kind of the other thing that was strange about the festival, too, is there was a long line getting in um, and no bottle sharing. There was nothing. Nobody brought beer to share, anything like that. And you I think asked, it's a local ordinance? No, I asked people in line. That goes a Russian River thing. And there were people too. in line behind me who had been to a number of other uh, beer festivals, and they said that there was just something unique about uh, the brewery anniversary party that, um, you know, you can get in line pretty early, not like dawn like we do at Dark Lord Day, but, you know, a few hours before the event happens. But just I don't think anybody has ever brought beer before, and nobody <laughs> brings any anymore. never occurred to me. <laughs> and you can park three feet away from the entrance. It's not like it's difficult to bring beer and then stash it back in your car when it's time to go in. Just nobody's ever done it before. Uh, so this it might be odd. Yeah, it might be something. I mean, this is my first year. So, so I, next year we all need to go and yeah, start the I, lion share, and we'll become local heroes. That's what I'm thinking. All right. uh, I like this idea. Yeah, but anyway, it was a great time. Uh, I look forward to going again. Bring the proprietors and watch people claw at each other to get a pour. If you have the option of both Floyd de Rue and Rue de Floyd, I think we've we've all agreed that you want the Rue de Floyd, correct? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Rue de Floyd does not have an open by date, so this may not have the infection issue that Floyd de Rue has. And I thought they were both uh, issue laden. The uh, Floyd DeRue is starting to get a little bit odd, but it's still very nice. Just when you have them back-to-back, -back, uh, the Rue de Floyd is, uh, oh, my God, that's a delicious beer. Yeah, I may try it. As of a week ago, there were still some bottles available, so I may try and uh, order. I think they had a limit to more. how many you could order on your thing, but if you only got one of each, you probably can get more than that. Well, I think I can get one more. Yeah. So on to, uh, uh, on to Prog Metal. Really quick before oh, that. Oh, really? Uh, okay. The, uh, the Anno Vertical. The only one that is not really drinking well, if you have all the uh, the brewery anniversary beers laying around, um, Coton, I felt, was the only one that had really fallen off and was really not worth your time anymore. Uh, Papier is still drinking well, even though it is retaining only memories of its former glory. 
Fruway is drinking extraordinarily well, and right that's now. probably the best of, of the bunch at the events. I think that it's between that and Bois. I think yeah. for me, we're the two best at the of the bunch, and I'm really looking forward to Sucre. I've got a few bottles uh, coming, so I'm I'm really interested in seeing how that turns out. But yeah, we'll find out. We'll probably have a we'll probably have a Parasynthian uh, and and prognosis podcast where we open four variants of that beer all in one sitting and get completely obliterated. And all of them sitting on the floor directly above us. So That's beautiful. Do it it's whenever fun. you want. I think we should do it now. <laughs> anyway, we'll do, it. we'll do it after we read these lyrics. All right, not to prog. Nice. On to progressive right metal. There's some gorgeous lyrics. To this particularly beautiful song from I think 1980. Three or four or five, something like that. Can't wait to hear the uh, synth that's going to be in this. <laughs> These are a lot know. of lyrics. Oh, there's so many lyrics in this, and he fits them all in at, at great expense. I search alone, dark the night, deep the blackest forest, and down the devil's hopyard on my way from Salem I lit a fire. The magical brimstone sparks ashes from the hazelwood. Dancing with the banshee, fire rose up to the sky. The dead of night parts the sky, the Salem witch, hunting eyes, Maleficia spells. <laughs> she flies the ocean shore of Kildare over tombs of the harpy fields. Lonely girls ride the great beast, virginal goddess of Hunt Deanna. Through the broken specter rose a lurching, lurking, sorry, luring angel. We've had a few high gravity beers, I'm not sure if right. you can tell. Sister of Morgana, forever dressed in black, with journey through the witch trials learned of lore and wise tales. Fathom the deepest oceans of her darkest mind. The dead of night parts the sky, the Salem witch, hunting eyes, Maleficia spells. Maleficia? I think it's Maleficia. Maleficia. Okay. She flies the ocean shore of Kildare over tombs of the harpy fields. Lonely girls ride the great beast, virginal goddess of Hunt Deanna. Searching lands of giants and dragons, sail the oceans of serpents and krakens, under ages of dark the Salem witch, burn beneath mindless torture of men. Through the castles of demons and wizards, to their fate the Moria, the sisters, 250,000 the Salem witch. In the bog of the witch meadow run, Malefica, <laughs> revenge plague have begun, burned alive for crime never done. Children of the darkness dance on the coven of the lost. In blazing pyre, suspended in air, she demands holocaust. Well, yeah. she can exercise with the whites of her eyes. She'll devour your children. In the wink of an eye, descend from the sky to the cauldron of the damned. Her burning lips earned the infamous kiss. She took me by the hand. In the wink of an eye, she ascends to the sky. She unveiled my talisman. I'm the witch finder general. <laughs> Dark the night, deep the blackest forest, and down the devil's hopyard, on my way from Salem, I lit a fire. The magical brimstone sparks ashes from the hazelwood. Dancing with the banshee, fire rose up to the sky. The dead of night parts the sky, the Salem witch. Hunting eyes, Malefica spells, she flies the ocean shore of Kildare over tombs of the harpy fields. Lonely girls ride the great beast, virginal goddess of Hunt Deanna. That's beautiful. Those are good lyrics. You we should went, read those we again. Went all the way from Greece to Ireland in those lyrics. Yeah, I will not deny the uh, magnificence of those lyrics. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a uh, what what will seem to us to be a brief pause to listen to this song. It'll seem to you 
10, 20 seconds of a clip of this song, most likely. Based I feel on like, to me, this format. is not going to be a brief pause. <laughs> based on the quantity of lyrics, yes. this is not going to be a brief pause. Now, we've, we've opted for not an absurdly long song, but we'll see what, how this goes, and we'll be back with you guys, and we'll see you Listening to a, uh, a gorgeous song from 1986, as it turns out. I thought it was earlier than that, but this band formed in 1983. It's the year that the Ford Taurus was first introduced. 1986? Yep. Wow, was that like Robocop also? Uh, shortly thereafter, yeah. Wow, beautiful. Ah, memories. So, uh, a statue of Robocop in Detroit, isn't there? Uh, so, this is. Soon to be, I think. Th- uh, I think it's fabled. No, that, they got a Kickstarter. They, <laughs> I don't think they're going to actually have they, it. Though. No, they have an artist. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about It's being cast in bronze. I think it's supposed to be unveiled this summer. Sometime. We shall see. Peter Weller's. And in, in any event, so this, this tune features the uh, undeniable, bizarre vocal talents of John Arch. Uh, and this is the earliest incarnation of the band Fate's Warning. Oh. So, um, this is back when they were kind of like a power metal prog metal band but in this era there really was no such thing as power metal and you could be progressive rock but i don't even, i don't even think there was truly progressive metal back in this era uh, there were metal bands that were doing progressive things but there were that was all more thrashy like uh, was... i would i would say there's plenty of the, the elements that make make up prog in this but yeah so what what makes john arch if you if you uh, listen to this song is called uh, sorceress um but the uh, if you listen to the lyrics in the song and and uh, listen to the actual tune um, nobody on earth would make the choices that John Arch makes. It's, it's freaking bizarre, his, his, uh, his vocal style. And it's like weirdly hypnotic in, for, for like the era and all that kind of thing. Although it's very high pitched and squealy. So I don't know. Um, what's, what's the uh, prevailing thought here? My, uh, my love for this song comes exclusively from uh, the, the way it's orchestrated. Um, I think that. All the, all the choices were made were good choices for the time frame of the music to really uh, push what was acceptable as you know metal or heavier music into uh, a more structured melodic concept. It's like you can be heavy and still say something musically, um, which I think might have been getting lost a little bit in this era of music when people were starting to be heavy for heavy's sake. <clears throat> Slayer. Um, '86 oh, is a great era for for thrash metal and for I know. Slayer, and, and I feel and, I feel horrible for that too because all that stuff is very very important to me. But at some points, like when you listen to Anthrax and listen to Slayer and even some Testament, the music gets lost for the sake of heavy or for the sake of power, um, and it's not necessarily musically great, but it's it's still fucking awesome to listen to and beat people up to, um, but not necessarily musically uh, you know relevant. I don't Whereas think we like, were beating people up. In 1986, I would have been nine years old. Yeah, and... he manned the shit out of you in 1986. You did. You were like a fetus. I would have kicked your ass. I was totally not a fetus. I was the same size I am now. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were three years old and six foot five. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to Fate's Warning. Um, they were doing some really cool stuff that started to push the boundaries of them, what would become uh, progressive metal. Um with a couple of other bands in their toe as well, but uh, 
like Overkill, I think was pretty active around this time as well. Yeah, I, I really uh, like uh, Overkill. I really like uh, uh, Jim Matheos is the uh, the guitarist and the primary uh, lyric writer from the band Fates Warning. Um, but in this era, this is their third album, I think. Second, or, the Spectre Within, Night on Brocken, and Awaken. This is from Awaken the Guardian, so it'd be the third album. And at this point, still in in what was already an active career. I'll be damned if I'm going to not use all the words that I want to use. This is his approach. Right. There's a lot of words in this song. <laughs> That's a whole lot of wordage. A so. whole, lot of, uh, whole lot of imagery. Yeah, it's pretty, that song. pretty cool stuff. But yeah. so. Matt. Yes. What do you think of this song? I think when we were listening to this song, uh, Chris mentioned this is sounds like Solitude Eternus sped up, and I think that's a, a good description. And I'm, I love Solitude Eternus, so I, I don't dislike this song either. Um, I don't see a lot of the typical prog uh, tropes that I normally dislike in songs. There, there are some uh, uh, interesting time signatures. That there's some tempo changes. The lyrics certainly are, are all over the place. Which yeah, You could almost imagine a... a, a very small Stonehenge setup during this song. Yeah. Uh, I would classify this more as power metal um, than prog. Uh, I'm interesting, interested to hear what, in your guys' mind, classifies this as prog metal above other genres. So, uh, our, well, our function here is, is progressive, not just metal, but progressive rock and progressive music in general. Um, and so this would be foundational material for, for prog metal. I think um, bands that make prog metal these days are influenced by bands that were influenced by this music. So this was um, as, as garagey sounding and, and um, almost, you know, I guess, straight up immature sounding in, in certain ways as it was. This is peer level era with bands like Rush um, this is after bands like Yes had, had made their, their major shifts into kind of more poppiness, same thing with Genesis and that sort of thing. Um, so, but this, w this was kind of setting the framework. With, without uh, Fate's Warning and a Queensryche, um, you know, the early Queensryche, there would have been no Dream Theater, which would have been a happier world for Matt. Indeed. But, uh, but I mean, so, this is, so what makes this pr progressive in particular... Uh, the the complicated melodies the uh, for the vocals, um, so um, yeah, I was saying. <laughs> seamless, and we're back. Seamless transition. Sorry, we ran out of space on one card. See, we're we're professionals here. Um, we're also drinking, as I've mentioned earlier, high gravity beers. Um, so fourteen percent here. What's that among friends? I would say that the uh, Floyd de Rue de Floyd uh, combo uh, is not great. No, I would say it's not great, but it had to be done. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so syncopated syncopated uh, rhythms for the vocal melodies that were particularly complicated. Um, weirdly catchy, like inexplicably catchy, but very complicated melodies for the vocals. Uh, the music uh, goes through a number of changes, even in individually, like like in individual sections of the song. Um, there's there's strange uh, choices to the, uh, the the riffs and whatnot. Things that were not commonly done by any other band of, of the era. Um, there are scenery changes in terms of the thematic material. It's kind of like trying to, to be more story-like, um, and uh, and and actually changing the song. Like there would be like a pause and like a, a whole shift to the song. Um, that that's kind of uh, 
common to to progressive metal since that era and whatnot. But yeah, I would say it's overall, if you were to chart the song, it would be relatively complex by comparison to things from its era. So, but I mean, in, in that same sense, um, if you look at like Master of Puppets era Metallica, some of that material is clearly progressive metal. I mean, so so there's there's things that we're just used to in metal music. But these are precursors to to a lot of that kind of stuff. This is a this is a direct influence on on the bands that influence the current progressive metal bands. So that's kind of what I think it makes this progressive metal. And also, I mean, all of their material since this era um, is you know straight up progressive metal. So, anyways, indeed. Uh, I'm gonna second something Chris said there with about uh, you know even even bands like Metallica, like they they are unabashedly influenced by Rush and uh, Master Puppets makes uh, no bigger statement to their their progressive leanings because that's when you know Metallica was willing to push the boundaries of what you thought of as metal like we're, we're not just going to give you like a headbanging song like Judas Priest was we're actually going to make you think and count and stuff like that but um, getting into where Fate's Warning took it even further past that is uh, you know complex you know like counter melody you know, I mean, like the the vocals don't necessarily follow what the guitars are doing and stuff like that. It's all, you know, um, you know, there's there's a harmonic richness to this stuff where it's like, okay, I'm actually hearing multi tones happening at once that are moving together, but not necessarily along the same path. Like they're 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 coinciding, like not perfectly as it's moving through the song, but they're they're making you know cool stuff happen where you're like. Oh, that's kind of different. Oh, that's kind of weird. I'm not sure I've heard that before. You know, and so that's a little bit of the progressive nature of it, and also the the thematic nature of it, where it's like, okay, Chris hinted at it. We're gonna have sections of this song where it's like, okay, the curtain drops, the curtain comes back up, then the curtain drops, and the curtain comes back up, and like as you're moving through the story of the lyrics, the the music is also slightly changing to take you on that journey as well. So yeah, that's a that's heavy prog in that concept because I think that's what progressive music started as in the first place like we're gonna we're gonna show you snapshots of a history of some world you've never even considered so. hi Santa my dog is whining here at my feet. he's our guest star tonight what everybody. do you want we're talking it? too much you're talking way too much and I want some of this beer he does want beer his dog is a German Santa Claus as a matter of fact <laughs> so but uh yeah anyways uh overall I would say this is kind of like uh this is gateway drug material to to <laughs> progressive uh, metal in the same way as Iron Maiden is, in the same way a few other bands are. Uh, we haven't come near. And like most uh, gateway drugs, I stopped at the gateway. There we go. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Like we haven't come near chiseling away at uh, at Matt's defenses uh, against uh, progressive metal, um, especially anything after I would say eighty eight, eighty nine. But we will eventually succeed. <laughs> I think uh, uh, overall we, we'll fail at making you a Dream Theater fan, but I really am no longer invested in that concept myself anyways. Uh, also, there was an interesting article that I read about uh, last week's uh, choice of bands, Genesis, um, basically explaining pretty well why uh, you kind of can't uh, pull one song off of those early albums and have any clue what the hell's going on. and. Um, how they're basically designed if you really want to understand what's going on, which is a commitment level that you're not necessarily prepared for. Uh, it's throw your headphones on and chill the fuck out for yeah, a little while. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so I understand. I mean, I was reading an explanation of what Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, the uh, Genesis album, 
means. And I'm like, that's really what I've been listening to all this time? It's a, it's a shockingly bizarre story. I had no idea what the lyrics were getting at. I guess they just lacked the, uh, what the, com- the complete concept. And, oh, there's no way I could get through it. And, and <laughs> That's an entire podcast on its own, but you'd have to listen to the whole double album to deal with that. Wow. Which I think we could do one of these times. I'm completely down. I'd uh, listen to that anyway. Yeah, one of these times we're going to have to really detest Matt. We're going to have to put him up against one of these 20 to 30 minute 12. epics. I don't think he's got 2112 in him. He doesn't. But I think maybe a change of seasons might work or yeah. or something like that. Uh, you know, we, we might have to try one of these longer tunes. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so overall, Aaron, you would give this a uh, thumbs in which direction? I This is a big thumbs up. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Early Fates Warning. I love the... The, the primitive nature of the music and the technicality of the orchestration. Like, that's the, the sounds are all what you've come to expect from something of that era. Like, if it was, you know, Venom or even that era's Black Sabbath or something like that, the guitar, t- the guitar tone, the, uh, the drum sounds, the synth sounds, all that stuff is, fr- the, you know, completely adequate and i don't think there were any synth sounds in this yeah so like it's all right around that that period's you know heyday music like oh this is this is the sound that we're looking for um but you know kind of pushing it in other directions and and forcing you to think a little bit more musically so i give the song an awesome thumbs up well i think uh this this we'll have to revisit the um the much maligned earlier fates warning song that aaron was in a bad mood about and and didn't give me uh an honest reaction to because uh, I think he's a, he'd be a fan of it by his own statements of, of this particular podcast, but we'll see how that goes in a that's future the, day. the illustrious hidden episode. Yeah, one day. Lost, that's an Easter egg episode. Track. Once yeah. we have like 74 podcasts, and when you've we have suffered a, through all of them. When we have a prognosis it. website, it'll be an Easter egg on there somewhere that you're going to have to hunt We have a prognosis for. website. Well, then we're going to put it on there as an Easter egg, <laughs> and you're going to have to find it. <laughs> Motherfucker, you it's don't gonna, even know about our website. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a one-pixel uh Hot link somewhere. That's, that's just great. That's wonderful. Prognosis.com, by the way, for all you. There you go. You have prognosis.com? Uh, uh, no, you don't. That, that's got to be owned by. That's a hilarious. Or Sorry, it's shit. Prognosis Podcast. That's hilarious yeah. because literally, as a as a teenager, I did own Prognosis.com and I sold it for a pretty penny in college. Right. So it'd be hysterical if you owned that. Little did you know, you could have held on to it for many more years and had it be worth yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah, but it would have been awesome to host this. You could have saved podcasts off right. of typing that that's in. Right. That's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Anyways, the company that bought it, I think, has gone under twice. So who fucking cares? Nice. Anyways, uh, so I think uh, overall, we have to give this song... And due to the NDC, Chris is now open for a lawsuit. We have... I didn't have any... Oh, whatever. Uh, I, I think we have to give this song an overall uh, prognosis thumbs up. Yeah, this is a win uh, for sure. I have no complaints about this song at all. Uh, Congratulations, prog metal. You rule. <laughs> Not what I was going for. Chris is just really excited that Fate's Warning song finally actually did. Play. Yeah, I like this song because it sounded nothing like prog's, prog music. So, Good deal. Yeah. All right, well, until next time, uh, this is the Prognosis podcast of progressive metal and beer right signing off uh until next time um bye yeah we need to have some sort of send-off something catchy like you know this is is not that fucking stop listening (laughs) all right not that all right well we're cutting it off now maybe we'll we'll come back for next time good time take care